I'll hold out forever and a half, you f I'm a ghostwriter now. I can handle anything you dish out, Eli. You'll never make me crack. Robbie Reyes. Aloha, bienvenidos, and welcome to New Byland, a place for nerdy fun, friendships, and learning. I'm Professor T. And I'm Professor Z. Much like the starting zone of many video games, the goal of our island resort is to teach visiting noobs about geeky subjects. But away from the stress of having to worry about sweaty tryhards, griefers, know-it-alls, or neckbeards, we like to think of it as learning in luxury. Noob? Yes, Professor? Tell us the last thing you ate, your name, <laughs> and what you're, what you're here to learn about today. I'm getting personal with these ones. Uh, last thing I ate today was a burger. I like how you put today down there like, <laughs> like anything else would count. Last thing I ate yesterday. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. Anyways, and then I'm... Oh <laughs> I am uh, Mackenzie, and I'm learning about Magic in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> well, with that in mind, Professor Z, what's our lesson for today? I, I want to say the third Ghost Rider, but he's also the fifth Ghost Rider. Um, the all-new, all-different Ghost all Rider. All-new Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes. Yeah. Now, this is your favorite Ghost Rider. Yes. Okay. Pretty good. Before we dive in... You want to toss us a reason why on that one? Is it just where he's where he <laughs> got into the book, or...? Um... Because representation matters? Yeah, it does! <laughs> yeah, it does! Um, no, I mean, that was why I picked it. Well, that wasn't the only reason why I picked it up. First off, like, all the headlines when, it for, when he was first about to drop wasn't even... I mean, obviously there were some really, like, crappy opinions out there, mm. but the majority of them were like, Ghost Rider in a car? No, it was all the opinions I had. I came in, I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast before or not, I came in ready to hate Robbie. Not because of Robbie, but because they took the motorcycle away from the Ghost Rider, and that was heresy to me. But that was the thing, it was like, I saw like a clickbait article, and they're like, new Ghost Rider isn't going to have a motorcycle, and I'm like, what the hell are they going to have? Click, he's going to have a charger? Well, that's pretty cool. What's his name? Robbie Reyes. Oh, I'm there. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, we'll talk about it because when we get to the thing, but we really have to give credit to Trad Moore, the original artist on this, who put Robbie on the map in a way that I don't know if any other artist could, because his art is... Really good. ...completely unique, too. Yeah, so I, I did start getting uh, the all-new, all-different when it first started dropping in 2014. Um... I think I have that entire first run actually bagged and boarded in the mm. singles because I instantly fell in love with that first issue. The art was fantastic. Robbie was great. Um, weirdly, my my family has a weird connection to the name Reyes, too. Not his last name. That's not our last name, although ours also starts with an R. My grandfather was supposed to be named Reyes, like Robbie's last name. Mm -hmm. But it's always been kind of a funny little story because... The nurse at the hospital in South Texas, where he was born, knew just enough Spanish to know that the Y sound is usually made from a double L. Okay. His so mother wasn't good enough with her English to correct the nurse. Oh, no. So, yes, his name was R-E-L-L-E-S Reyes. <laughs> <laughs> she tried... She tried so hard. Yeah, you know, like... It got so wrong. There's not really a bad guy in that one. Uh, so we always knew that with Grandpa Ray, and I've always just had that, that connection to the name Reyes in a weird way. And so whenever I see that, I'm like, you know, that's kind of weirdly a family name, but not. But it always reminds me of it, and I like thinking of Grandpa, so... Noob, I know we've covered Robbie a little bit just because he came up in one of the things I had us read for the first Ghost Rider episode, mm -hmm. but did you have any experience or awareness of him before? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm well, because you could have watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's where right. he did show up. 
No. Within his first 12 issues of the comic, too. Like, mm-hmm. he came in fast. Um, he is in a charger. Well, yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm just always curious on stuff like that because being as deep in it as I am when it comes to comic stuff, I'm not always the best judge on stuff people who aren't in the comic book. But I'm like, oh, yeah, like, a lot of people have heard about this. It was all over the news. But, you know... What counts as all over the news is quite a bit different for me because, well, the internet has figured out how to curate my content towards Doctor Who, Star Trek, and comic books for the most part. You're asking the guy who doesn't have any social media? Yes, you're smarter than me. We've covered this. Doesn't read the news? Okay, that second part, yeah. But, <laughs> no, I just, I was honestly curious because um, he's the new ghost. I mean, he's not even that new anymore. He's Mm-mm. getting close to a decade old. But he's still the all-new Ghost Rider. What did kind of surprise me when I was prepping to read for this was I knew, I mean, as I said, I knew he was new. He's probably the newest character we've covered and definitely the newest one to get his own episode to himself. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize how few appearances he had actually made before uh, he joined the Avengers. Right, I knew very he had, few. I knew he had the two solo series, and the second one wasn't very long, and that's what we read for this, the 18 issues. But I thought, for some reason, and probably because he made it to the TV, I thought he had appeared a lot more. What did make this interesting was I have read the majority of his appearances for this, like what I would love to do with every book, but usually don't have mm-hmm. time to do. I think I picked a, a hit all of his major appearances, though. Um, and unusually for what we do on this show, we will be going into one of his most recent storylines. And it won't be fully finished, so I do apologize for that. But we will go into Avengers Forever, a book he's currently headlining, as far as Marvel Unlimited has released on app. Right. Which is two issues, so not much. But um, I can't remember, are they three months behind? I'm not 100% sure, but that sounds right. If you had said it with confidence, I wouldn't have questioned you. Why well, I remember that they changed it, because it used to be six months behind, but Oof. then I think when COVID hit, they started to three. I don't blame them for being a little behind in the try to get people to go to comic shops, but I'm also kind of under the opinion that we should drop single issues and just go straight to graphic novel collections for everything. Mm-hmm. But that is a conversation for a different day. First, Robbie Reyes. Also, I am the whitest person you know. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to get all of this, but the Montana accent does kick in every once in a while. Apologize in advance. Robbie Reyes is the oldest child of Juliana and Alberto Reyes. I guess, would that be Juliana? Am I just yeah, being super white? No, uh, probably Juliana. Juliana? I'm going to go with that. And the nephew of... Eli Reyes. <sighs> Eli's a Just a dad. <laughs> Eli Morrow. Oh, Morrow. Thank you. I did. That. I knew that didn't sound right. Eli was a murderer and a Satanist. Sometimes at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of fun to have a Satanist in the modern era who's super evil. Because like all the other like, oh my God, the Satanists came from the Satanic Panic era. That's true like 70s through the 90s. And not that we don't have our own satanic panic stuff going on, but like, I don't know, every Satanist I've ever met mostly just wants like more chips. So, I mean, so do I. I always want more chips. I'm going to have chips when I go home, but still. um, That sounds great. I'd be eating chips right now if I wasn't on a podcast. Oh, oh God, it'd be so awful. I still have chips of those I would be eating them right now. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) this is the... Satanist that everyone fears. And among other things, he pushed Juliana down the stairs while she was pregnant with her second child. This led Gabe to be born with various motor function disabilities. I was not able to find any specific illness or diagnosis, but is in a wheelchair. He has some kind of developmental delay, Mm -hmm. but seems to be a real good kid. Eli is quickly murdered in an extremely violent death by the, a man named Yegor Ivanov. Wasn't quick enough. Hmm? Wasn't quick enough. The no, death. but pretty bloody. <laughs> uh, and then shortly afterwards, in a unexplained situation, Juliana and Alberto also die, leaving Robbie alone to raise Gabe. 
And he's doing a good job. He does a pretty good job. But I mean, like, from the age of... By the age of 13, he seemed to be the sole breadwinner for Gabe. While also taking care of himself. They don't have in any way that I could see foster parents or... I, I don't know how he pulled it off. It's never explained in the comics. But I know... People do it in real life. Mm -hmm. uh, the whole time he gets a career as a mechanic, makes not good money, but gets becomes an extremely capable mechanic, and manages to get extremely good grades in school the whole time, proving himself a kind of wonder kid of some kind. <laughs> um however, he's desperate to escape their extremely bad uh what is it, Southern LA? It's yeah, either, yeah, yeah. Southern or East Eastern. LA. East LA neighborhood. He borrows a Dodge Charger from work to get into some underground street racing. And the race is interrupted, and Robbie is killed by people looking for pills hidden in the car that he did not know was there. However, he is revived by the soul of his uncle Eli, which has come to haunt the Dodge Charger, which was his uncle's old car. In the in the original comics, it is treated as just kind of random chance that. Eli's car was the one that he took, which I thought was kind of weird, but here we are. Um, I would go with some of the stuff going on in the more recent Jason Aaron stuff, that that might not be the case. The case. There's some prophecies coming up about him that we will discuss a little bit. They were kind of touched on. Mm -hmm. But he becomes the Ghost Rider, but however, he does not at this point become a spirit of vengeance. It's much more like the original Ghost Rider with Zarathos before he got retconned into being a spirit, as we've discussed now ad nauseum. Uh, and it is his uncle Eli just really wanting him to murder a bunch of people. Also, he doesn't have the flaming skull head. His head is on fire and it does have a skull motif. But in those original comics is much more like a helmet kind yeah. of looking thing. Like, yeah, it's his race helmet. Mm -hmm. Modern stuff is making it look more and more skull-like while keeping that same shape. I actually prefer the original, but it is still some interesting design work. Mm -hmm. The supervillain Mr. Hyde, who we met in the Danny Ketch episode, has moved to L.A. to escape all the heroes and villains uh, because you try being a crime lord in a city where the kingpin exists, especially when you're an unstable... <laughs> like Mr. Hyde. Or how about you just don't? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's probably the actual answer. Well, but... <laughs> yes, but neither Hyde nor Zabo are very, uh, Mr. Hyde's human persona, are very nice, sane, moral individuals. They don't have street smarts either. <laughs> They're... I'm going to head out to L.A. to get away from everything. There couldn't possibly be a West Coast Avengers. Weird. There had, well, no, actually, there was around this time still. Um, Next, is he going to pack up and go to the Great Lakes? Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Old school mob. Great Lakes Avengers is a book that I've tried to like several times, and I just really hate it. I know it's a parody book, but it just doesn't work for it's me. It's perfect for him. Um. Anyways... A local drug runner steals Hyde's pills, and Hyde, in response, starts a gang war trying to get his pills back. These pills are not standard drugs, but a variation of the Hyde serum that allows him to transform into Mr. Hyde. Which looks amazing with the art. Oh, yeah. Looks really Again, good. Again, Trad Moore does incredible work on this art. Very good. Also the, very violent. The writer ends up stuck between the gang war between the various drug runners and Mr. Hyde's men uh, and gains various names by East L.A. people not realizing he's a ghost rider, including things like the Skull Racer. It's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, in Legend. The, in the end, Hyde ends up overdosing on his own pills because he decides that, well, he needs to fight a ghost rider, so he's going to... Take these, even though... I'm not explaining this very well. I apologize. In this version, Zabo and Hyde are able to communicate with each other on some level, as opposed to kind of being the same person like they were mm -hmm. in the previous thing. Hyde wants to take the pills because he wants to make himself more powerful. Zabo doesn't want to take the pills because you are already messing with an extremely delicate chemistry setup going inside their body. Ghost Rider wins his first fight against Hyde... By pure accident, because Hyde takes the pills, overdoses, and 
frosts at the mouth and passes out, basically. <laughs> Gross four heads, 22 fingers. Uh, <laughs> but in the process, Robbie does save his brother Gabe from all of the carnage because he was on a bus that got attacked. At this point, Gabe starts to think, not realizing that Robbie is the Ghost Rider, that Ghost Rider is his hero. Also introduces Eli to Gabe a little closer than anyone wants. So close to redemption arc there, too, for what's-his-face, the the bully at school. Mm, he, yeah. had, he had a moment to be redeemed there. It didn't happen. There's a school bully that we first meet him by the kid uh, steals Gabe's wheelchair, so not a great sign, who ends up getting slowly involved in this drug war because he's an entitled white boy. And now he takes a wheelchair forever. Um, (laughs) And at first it seems like he's going to possibly have redemption stuff because he ends up helping save the kids uh, from the school bus, but ends up just becoming the worst. Robbie begins winning underground street races using his rider abilities, not fully transforming into the ghost rider, but being able to make sharper turns because if he hits the wall, he can just go through it. Now, Also, he goes fast. Yes, and he goes fast. (laughs) Uh, Earning money to help Gabe with his various medical needs, including, you know, buying a new wheelchair, doing, uh, uh, getting medicines, all of the broken things of our healthcare system that I'm not going to go into because I try not to go too deep into my politics on this podcast. Um, However, Eli gets increasingly angry at all of this happening because Eli just wants Robbie to go murder people instead. It's not much to ask for. He does seem to be targeting it towards, like, that person's corrupt. He deserves to die, Robbie. But, I mean, for the most part, he doesn't care. He just wants Robbie to kill. Partially with the uh, understanding that the more Robbie kills, the more powerful Eli himself will be able to become. Oh, God, I loved getting to write this sentence. After losing a race due to outside rat monster interference... <laughs> yes. Uh, Correct. He, <laughs> I, I just had to write that sentence out when I was planning out this part, but what happens? Robbie wins a race. He has challenged double or nothing, and since he's trying so hard to, like, pay for all of Gabe's medical needs and get out of East L.A., he agrees. However, he loses because various rat monsters who had found some of Hyde's old pills and eaten them and turned into giant Mr. Hyde rats, got in the way and caused him to lose said race, causing him to lose money. Robbie pursues the man that took the money from him, and Eli temporarily takes over and runs the man off the road. Checking on the man and taking the prize money he needs to help Gabe from the corpse, Robbie is found by Johnny Blaze, who is investigating reports of a new rider. He straight up killed that guy and had no repercussion. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't in control when it happened, but it is the first real sign. Eli's been trying to gain control this entire time, and it's not a good thing. No. But it is uh, the <laughs> first time that he kind of gave in and let Eli be in control. And Eli immediately murders. <laughs> Weird. The murderer, murdering Satanist murdered somebody. Right. Now, keep in mind, he still at this point doesn't fully understand what Eli is right blaze attempts to cast the penance stare on the new the all-new ghost rider however it doesn't quite work because there are two souls within the same body we have seen ghost riders cast penance stares on other ghost riders and it messes everything up this one is weird in a different way because again he is not a traditional rider robbie begins having increasing anger issues And taking advantage of this anger, Eli seizes control of Robbie's body, leaving Gabe trapped and alone on the floor in the dark. Eli goes to kill his murderer, Yegor Ivanov. I'll be honest, this, there is a scene in this after, like, uh, because Gabe doesn't know that Robbie is the Ghost Rider, let alone being possessed by Eli. Eli takes over Robbie's body, literally, like, knocks over... Gabe's chair pulls stuff up out of the floorboards, like old weapons of his that he had hidden there, uh, and leaves Gabe alone and trapped in the dark on the floor. And poor Gabe, who's just the sweetest boy, has to, like, get drag himself to the fridge, and he finds what food he can, and he just finds, like, a red cabbage, 
and he's eating it alone in the dark, crying because he doesn't know what else to do. And it is the most uncomfortable thing <laughs> that we have ever had in this podcast to me. I've seen a bunch of murder and people turned inside out in this podcast, but it was <laughs> quite literally. It was the kid being like abused. That was, I mean, re- probably because it's the real life mm-hmm. kind of. I mean, not real life because most people aren't possessed by their satanic uncle Eli. But most <laughs> some though. I like to leave open room for horrible. I'm um, just not keep going. Um, Robbie slash Eli is intercepted by Johnny Blaze, who helps free Robbie from Eli's influence and gives him a crash course on what's happening. If Robbie gives into his darkness, Eli can seize control again, which is part of the reason where all of the anger issues were coming from. Eli was stoking up that side so he could take over. The angrier Robbie gets, the more likely it is that Eli gains control, uh, the less likely it is that he's ever going to give up control again. Robbie finds Gabe where Eli left him on the floor, tired, hungry, and betrayed. Poor guy. Robbie trying desperately to take care of Gabe at this point, but Gabe just not having any of it. Uh, And up to this point, Robbie's been an incredible brother, so this this is real heavy. Local gangbangers working for Hyde, uh, what he has dubbed his Blue Hyde Patrol, or for them, the Blue Crew, because he has made new Mr. Hyde pills. These ones, Blue Formula, which are more powerful. Look, Zemo's a dork. (laughs) Not Zemo, Zabo. Zabo. I mean, Zemo's also a dork, but he's a different dork. The, the Blue Crew realize Robbie is the rider and attack him. However, he's able to use his love for his brother to retain control when Eli attempts to seize control and kill these local gangbangers <laughs> on the front of the high school. Months pass, and Gabe begins to show unusual signs of progression from his various disabilities. I mean, to the point that he is suddenly speaking in full sentences. Uh, he's got significantly better control of his body than he had. He's moved on to using crutches instead of being in an electric wheelchair. Full, full, uh, I believe a doctor in it calls it miraculous levels of growth. However, he's grown rebellious and feels betrayed after, well, his seeming betrayal by Robbie. Unknown to everyone, Eli has also begun possessing Gabe as well as Robbie, uh, and is seemingly responsible for at least some of Gabe's advancements. He also starts referring to himself as a, I believe, spirit of justice mm. to Gabe and uh, basically telling him he can become a superhero. As Gabe and Robbie both struggle with the corrupting influence of Eli, they almost come to blows. Eli reveals his possession of Gabe and escapes with him to kill his murderer, Yegor. Gabe is transformed into a ghostwriter version of his favorite comic book hero, Ninja Wolf. So he's a, a giant wolf man creature with a flaming head and i want to say instead of the like crutches he's been using he's got like long claw things but mm-hmm. i don't know for sure that that's connected or just like I think it is cool, I think it is cool. Um, it's both it's cool and connected also robbie had a girl that was trying real hard to be his girlfriend at this time and through this entire experience maybe realizing that this is not the place to go for a significant other because we never see her again. <laughs> Which is sad because she was cool. Yeah, she was sweet. She just wanted mm-hmm. to help out Robbie and like take care of Gabe. Um, <laughs> poor people. Pursuing, Robbie manages to reach Gabe just before he can murder, murder Yegor, purging Eli from his system. Robbie attempts to hold Gabe hostage but is killed by Robbie. Basically, Gabe is about to murder Yegor and uh, Robbie gets in the way kind of reveals that he's Ghost Rider. From this point, it's a little unclear how aware Gabe is that Robbie is the Ghost Rider. And it kind of feels like, depending on the issue, how how much he knows. Mm-hmm. However, uh, uh, Robbie is able to, you know, reach into, into Gabe and through, in the same way that he was able to push off Eli earlier with his love for uh, Gabe... He's able to access Gabe's love for Robbie. I don't know if this sentence is making any sense at this point. I've gone on for too long. Yegor attempts to hold Gabe hostage because the giant wolf ghost rider monster suddenly turns into a little boy again. And he's like, well, I don't like any of this. So, um, hey, other superhero, you're going to let me go or I'm going to shoot this kid in the head. So Robbie kills Yegor. Unfortunately, this permanently bonds Eli to 
Robbie's soul. Eli and Robbie make a deal where they will kill the worst of the worst evil, but both sides immediately renege on this deal. Robbie <laughs> refuses to kill, and Eli continues to attempt to corrupt him into giving over his body entirely. Robbie teams up with the totally awesome Hulk, the all-new Wolverine, Silk, and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to stop a creature that can steal and copy powers and abilities. Robbie's proved immune because of his rider abilities. Basically, the creature takes a little bits of blood to gain the abilities, but Ghost Rider don't got no blood, he just has hellfire running through his veins, so it doesn't really work. Oh my god, okay, so this paragraph isn't going to make any sense whatsoever, but we are going to go back and explain it afterwards, and it will only kind of make sense at that point. Because it's a Gwenpool team-up. Pursuing murderous Asgardian dwarves, the Nidav... I hate pronouncing Norse stuff. Nidavalar? Oh, those guys. N-I-D-A-V-E-L-L-E-R. Something. Nidavalar dwarves and a stolen and enchanted crystal, Robbie gets involved with Kate Bishop, the new Hawkeye, the unbelievable and the un unbelievable Gwenpool. Gwen's ghost friend Cecil is sucked into said crystal, which is hidden in Robbie's car. Eli attempts to corrupt Cecil, but decides it's too much work after the dwarves steal back the crystal. He tries to corrupt Cecil the ghost. Really quickly, he's like, God, I just, I'm so much closer with Robbie. I don't want to start over again. Later, dude. <laughs> Uh, Gwen's power being that she is aware that she is in a comic book universe means her comic is extremely goofy. Mm -hmm. And this is a very strange ghostwriter story. Almost like Mother. Honestly, as much as I like the Gwenpool stories, and Gwenpool mm -hmm. is an extremely charming comic book, this is probably the worst thing I read of all of these. Which is, all of these were decently good, so that's not a terrible review, but... The car begins to act weird as Eli goes completely silent, which is a big change because up to this point, Eli would not shut up. Murder, 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 murder. Hey, hey, you see that guy? He's a dick. You should murder him. Complete silence. After a nightmare where Robbie sees the Avengers of 1 million BC and seems to be seeing through the point of view of the Ghost Rider of 1 million BC, Robbie awakens in South Africa. Unsure of how he got there, because last he knew, he was in East L.A. Yeah, that'd be kind of a... <laughs> and a cop is asking him why he's sleeping on the side of the road. That's a valid question. Yeah. <laughs> While there, he's attacked by a paranoid and confused Starbrand. Uh, Starbrand is a... Uh, mystical sigil slash energy force mm -hmm. who will come up big in, if we do a cosmic season... That is basically a, he's kind of like a cosmic white blood cell, yeah, is how okay. I would describe him. He's, he exists as a defense mechanism for the body, in this case the body being the universe, mm -hmm. and specifically Earth. Uh, however, the Starbrand has gone mad and attempts to kill Robbie. Robbie defeats him by unleashing a penance stare, which is an ability he never had before this point. He didn't even know how he did it. He just went the penance stare because that's what they always do. And it's always, it also still doesn't make sense, but. It made Starbrand explode. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Starbrand had a rough time. It wasn't even, this is going into a different comic, but this is, that Starbrand was not supposed to be the person who was selected to be the Starbrand. Like it hit on the wrong person. So a quiet kind of dorky college, like, Shudden got the most powerful weapon in the universe attached to his hand. And then exploded. And wasn't really capable of dealing with it and joined the Avengers immediately. Oof. Um, it didn't go great for him. Now he's dead. Yeah. The Starbrand's really cool. It's never gone very well for anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like Moon Knight. <laughs> yes, but Moon Knight just keeps coming back to life. Yeah. The Starbrands just keep dying or black knight wasn't there multiple of those yeah but over like centuries <laughs> when the final host aka the dark celestials celestials being space gods invade earth robbie is attacked by giant bugs serving as their horde also known as the horde because space gods He's pulled into an adventure with Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, She-Hulk, and Doctor Strange. Robbie helps defeat the final horde, 
by, or the final host, sorry, by ghostwriting the corpse of a dead celestial, making himself briefly the most powerful Avenger to have ever lived, and easily the most powerful ghostwriter in existence. It also looks wicked cool. <laughs> that Ed McGinnis art, man, they were on top of it with that one. All right. Ghostwriting Celestials. <laughs> Uh, with this, a new team of Avengers is founded, with Robbie as the newest member, serving as a thing that I think most Avengers teams needs, which is the rookie. In my opinion, the best Avenger teams have usually at least one of the Trinity, the Trinity being Cap, Iron Man, Thor, a couple of experienced members, and then one person who's never been an Avenger before, who can kind of work as the audience surrogate of, what the heck is happening here? <laughs> The Avengers all sort of adopt Robbie in their own way. Uh, Panther enrolls Gabe in a Wakandan private school that apparently exists in East L.A. Cap starts giving him homework where so he has to learn the various superheroes <laughs> or supervillains and their super powers. Pop quiz hotshot. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Carol, Captain Marvel, starts taking him under her wing as a much more direct, like... I'm going to teach you what you need to know. She also quickly uh, helps him get over his early burgeoning ego of I helped save the world by ghostwriting a dead celestial, which, fair, by pointing out that, in her words, even Spider-Man has saved the world more times than you have. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, but Spider-Man didn't ghostwrite a dead celestial. No, yeah. but he is my favorite Marvel character, so I'll let it slide. Uh, oh, also, Iron Man makes Gabe a chair powered by repulsor technology. And when we see it, a... Uh, Wait, so is it basically just like... He's flying around the room in his, like, hover chair. Well, I was going to say, is it like the, the Professor X from the <laughs> from the cartoon? <laughs> no, because it can go higher than that. That chair just seems to, like, hang out. Also, during this time, he is briefly attacked by a drunk Odin who believes that he murdered the star brand and thinks that Odin in the story, and remember, Odin is very drunk in this story, seems to believe that he is a possible reincarnation of the original Ghost Rider, or maybe that the Ghost Rider of 1 million BC is possessing him. Mm. Um, it's not quite clear why he seems to think he is the same Ghost Rider, but uh, murders or attempts to murder him for his murder of Starbrand, saying, you, we were allies, we were friends, all of yada, yada, yada. But it turns out that Starbrand kind of blew himself up when he got penance stared because he had been driven mad by the fear of the final host re-arriving and is given warnings about the future. Robbie, during this time, continues to have nightmares about the Avengers of 1 million B.C., with the Avengers, Robbie takes on the likes of Dracula, the Winter Guard, Namor of Atlantis, and his Defenders of the Deep, which are just all of the, like, underwater supervillains. Tiger Shark. Okay. Riptide. The Piranhas, which are just little piranha dudes. Um, Come on, Namor. Namor's having a rough time during this period. He starts wearing kind of, like... Clothes? Whoa. Well, actually, less than he was wearing before. <laughs> because Namor had moved on from the Speedo point to a point where he was wearing, like, a vest and long pants. And he trades the vest for fishnet, which is very on the nose. Uh, oh, no. What kind of looks like some heavy eye makeup. There's some, like, My Chemical Romance going on in this. And some kind of carapace shell-looking armor stuff on his arms. They're a little bit tapping into the uh, uh, Jason Momoa Aquaman okay. stuff going on there. As well as the Squadron Supreme of America, which the Squadron Supreme is a bunch of Justice League analogs. Uh, and these versions were created by Mephisto. Nice. We're not getting into it in this one, but that's because the story's still ongoing and I can't explain it. Just more Mephisto shenanigans? Yes. Listen to our Mephisto episode where he's just going around being a jerk. When Johnny Blaze tries to lay claim to the power of the various Ghost Riders so he can uh, stop rebellions as the king of hell, we read this story, but he manipulates Robbie into a race for the spirit, of the spirit that Robbie currently has by threatening Gabe, 
with the aid of the Avengers, the soul of his dead parents, the souls of his dead parents, which we don't know how they died, but apparently they're in hell. Because uh, again, whether you go to heaven or hell is pretty up in the air mm-hmm. in how it works, because there's not really a defined heaven or hell in comics. Uh, and the other spirit of vengeance, Robbie manages to defeat both Johnny and the soul of his uncle Eli. However, he does remain a writer. And at this point, it's not really explained why. Why or how or when someone else took over from Uncle Eli as the person possessing him, especially since they're supposed to be permanently bonded at this point, mm-hmm. which, as I mentioned, my head theory is that he is either possessed by the same spirit of vengeance of the Ghost Rider of 1 million BC or just possessed by the Ghost Rider of 1 million BC, but we don't know for sure. Literally the same issue where Robbie is afraid of what will happen to Gabe when he dies and makes the Avengers promise to take care of him, which they all do. And when you have Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Captain America, (laughs) and Black Panther, I'll be like, we got this. You know Gabe's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But literally that same issue, Gabe is sucked, or not Gabe, Robbie is sucked into the multiverse. Robbie is trapped on a wasteland world destroyed by the multiversal Masters of Evil which he uh, travels around this waste world, punishing the guilty and holding penance sermons in search of Avengers. Penance sermons is where he uh, beats a lot of people and gives them a penance stare all at one time. (laughs) Along with him on this, like, awesome Mad Max wasteland world thing is a Deathlock, which is a... Okay. (sighs) Deathlock was originally a man who was killed and brought back as a kind of undead cyborg. However, in Jason Aaron's stories, tracing back the last 10 to 15 years, uh, future Deathlocks have been appearing and now multiverse Deathlocks. And there is a character known as Avenger Prime, who Avenger Prime is has not yet been revealed, who seems to be sending Deathlocks throughout the multiverse to Deathlock help, things. To help out. Yeah. And Deathlock things. <laughs> Deathlock, 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 Deathlock. <laughs> During this time, he refuses to call himself Robbie and insists only the Ghost Rider remains. The Deathlock accompanies him and insists he's a Ghost Rider of legend. They are both trapped by the Black Skull, who is a venomized Red Skull, who is a member of the Multiversal Masters of Evil, which is a mouthful of a sentence to say. Wait, wait, wait. Is that as cool as it sounds? He looks kind of goofy. Oh, okay. The, the face doesn't look quite right. Because they tried to go somewhere between the Red Skull and the Venom, and it just... Mm. All of it looks really cool until you get to his face, and you're like, oh, man. <laughs> you should have just done the Red Skull face and given him the Venomize. Like, literally chain, but, like, it just... Yeah. It's not bad. Aaron Cooter's a really good artist, but... And ev- everything it's else... It's a hard concept to bring to life. Everything else is an A+, and this is like a C, but because everything else is so good, this sticks out. Mm-hmm. Robbie is repeatedly mutilated and tortured by the Black Skull. Forced <laughs> to remain as the writer to keep from dying, he begins to lose his identity as Robbie. This includes getting his foot cut off, which takes several days of torture because the Ghost Rider is pretty strong and pretty healing. While the Black Skull and the Ghost Goblin, which is a Norman Osborn who's been possessed by a spirit of vengeance. Whoa. And that has not gone well for anybody. <laughs> debate that Robbie seems to be unique in the multiverse, mentioning that he's not a Blaze, a Catch, or a Kale, which are the common <laughs> Ghost Rider origins. Uh, and that Robbie seems to be unique in the multiverse. A bag full of Rider's skulls, because Ghost Goblin travels around decapitating ghost riders. Why not? Or ghost goblin. Uh, the bag full of rider skulls begin chanting, the all rider, the all rider. Oh, man. And that's where we're going to leave off because that's as far ahead as I can get. I don't know what that means. I don't think it's been revealed yet. Yeah, the ghost goblin's pretty boss. Like the ghost goblin is super, like, super cool. It's amazing. It turns out with most things that if you just give them a Ghost Rider skull and like some thematic coloring to go with it, it translates pretty well. It's pretty good. That's Robbie Reyes. I skipped over a lot of his Avengers stuff, but to be fair, in most of them, he is not a major player. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he helps in the War of the Realms. He helps in the battle against Dracula. But, like, it's not his story. He just shows up swinging some chains around. It is the danger of any big uh, team book. Especially if you're a character that doesn't have your own solo book. You're like, he's there, that's great. But, you know, Captain America's the one to punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will discuss, honestly, the first... 17 to 18 issues of uh, Robbie Reyes. I had read most of this before we got into this. I'd read the first, uh, this this book was split into two different series. Mm-hmm. I think because Secret Wars happened. So all the books were canceled at that point and then relaunched afterwards. Um I had read the first series, so the first 12 issues that we read, the first two volumes, and then the third one, Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, I had not read. And I kind of see why it was canceled with that story, but I also don't want to be, like, mean to anyone with the of the creators with it. Well, I like the I like the second collection better than the first, personally, but I think I thought everything else was more interesting than Mr. Hyde. Fair. I mean, Mr. Hyde is not a particularly interesting supervillain. <laughs> Uh, but what I was meaning is the, uh, when I say the third one, because it's, I, I had them collected as like yeah. one mm-hmm. through six, seven through 12, and then oh, Robbie yeah, Ray's yeah. Ghost Rider is the one where he teams up with Totally Awesome Hulk, Silk, right, uh, right. the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all of those. And it's too bad because I like most of those characters. I didn't think that the translating Coulson and Melinda May into the comics worked particularly well. I don't think it worked badly. It just wasn't that interesting to me. Just eh. Yeah. Yeah. It was fine. But, I mean, it, it kind of surprised me how eh I found it, because I actually really like Totally Awesome Hulk, and I really like... Well, I mostly like Silk. Yes. No, see, for me, I was just like... I'm like, eh, whatever. Like, Totally, totally Awesome Hulk. Like, nothing against Amadeus Cho. I just also have no nothing for Amadeus Cho. It's like, cool, there, there's a Hulk there. But I'm like, sweet, we got Silk. We got X-23. X-23. That's the one I was forgetting. Uh, Wolverine, Laura Kinney. That book, the all-new Wolverine book, is the best book that Marvel was putting out at the time. It was one of the best books on the market when it came out. I'm really sad that we only got little bits of her sister, Gabby, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the Honey Badger. Because she is... This was an era where Marvel was putting out a bunch of new characters. I mean, we got Robbie Reyes, we got Silk, we got... Laura as Wolverine as opposed to as X-23. Gabby might have been the best thing they put out during that time. And her talking actual Wolverine, Jonathan. <laughs> Was that J.J. Jameson as well? Yes. Yes. <laughs> God, he's so old. <laughs> during this time, Silk, who is someone who was bit by the same spider as Peter Parker, but then hidden away in a bunker for... However long the sliding timescale has that being. Wow. Complicated storyline, but that's the shortest. I didn't uh, know she existed. That's fair. Most people don't. She, J. Jonah Jameson had joined what was dubbed the Fact Channel. He was basically being, um... Alex Jones. Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson. <laughs> no. Why does that make sense? <laughs> because he would join Fox News. Now, I should say... And I already said I'm not going to do too much politics, but those two are white supremacists, so to hell with them. He is not that bad. That. Look, deep down, he's a decent dude. JJJ is a jerk, but he's not Tucker Carlson. But uh, uh, Cindy Moon, a.k.a. Silk, joined the Fact Channel as an intern attempting to... In the same way that Peter Parker became a photographer, to, to keep her ear to the ground to things that are going on. JJ always... And this is wildly off topic. Mm-hmm. But JJ always has struck me as an old school reporter. Like, he doesn't care about if he upsets you or not. He's just there to get what he wants and then post it. Oh, well, honestly, he's a really bad reporter because he doesn't worry about the facts. He's an opinion writer. And there's nothing wrong with being an opinion writer. But, you know, it's real dangerous to pass yourself off as an opinion writer and then or pass yourself off as a legitimate reporter and then just write. Opinion pieces. Mm. Opinion pieces all yeah. the time. But anyways. But he ends up having a much closer relationship with Silk, partially because 
he figures out who she is and he actually likes both Cindy Moon and Silk. And partially because this was the period where they kind of just decided they couldn't keep up the uh, Triple J hates Spider-Man and is slandering him all the time mm-hmm. anymore after 60 years of doing that. Almost 60, 50 years of doing that. I, I mean, I guess. What's a few more years here or there? But Honestly, there's an issue, and it's the same guy who wrote All New Wolverine, so it's friggin'... No, it's not. It's Chip Zdarsky. But um, there's an issue where... He interviews Spider-Man and Spider-Man has to stay and they actually like confront each other and their various traumas and Peter reveals who he is and is one of the single best Spider-Man issues to come out in 30 years. Also, you find out that he's apparently really good at cooking lasagna, so that's fun. Thank you. (laughs) I love a good lasagna. I do. Yeah. Garfield but that, but that's none of that is none of that's Robbie. Um, I can smell you, John. No, what's kind of funny is because there is so little Robbie so far. We've covered like, most of this already in the first half of this, other than like our thoughts on it. I mean, percentage-wise, how much of all of Robbie's appearances do you think the noob is read at this point? Like eighty percent of it. No, but. It, how far in? I lent you the the first story arc of the Avengers as well. Mm. I got I got to the like the battle, the big battle. Okay, part. so you got most of the the final host. Last um, about eighteen issues. There's a couple of crossovers. If you're talking it where he is the dominant character, most of it. That's kind of what I was thinking. But because he was in an Avengers team book for fifty issues before now headlining his own Avengers mm-hmm. book. I mean, even then, if we assume there's been 70, even if we go higher and say 80 issues that he's been in, probably still. he's read 20. Yeah. You've read about a quarter worst oh. case scenario of all appearances. That's not bad. After Trad Moore leaves the book, because he only is there through the first five or six issues, which artist did you prefer? Because we got two others, another that was also an extremely stylized artist. And then we got an artist that was a much more realistic looking artist. Did one of them stick out to you? Cause I found the like transition to the more realistic artist really disconcerting. Uh, yeah, it was, it was weird and jarring, but mm-hmm. I, other than the jarring factor, like getting over that in an issue, it really didn't stick out. I think I actually like that artist a little better, but yeah, it did feel strange. Uh, for me personally, it was just fun rereading Robbie after having done that little stretch with Johnny and Danny. Mm-hmm. Partially just to see the like the differences in the way that uh, the writers and the artists treat the action between all of them. Yeah, because like Johnny and Johnny and Danny are like bruisers, and they'll just like wade into a situation. They'll muscle just, through stuff. And just, like, punch somebody. And Robbie's like, nah, I'm gonna come, like, full speed in the Hell Charger and jump out of it and, like, flying into battle with just the chains whipping around me. And Well, and his chains have knives on the end of them, so it's much more... things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he does the cool teleportation tricks with the car. A lot of backflips and stuff. I think the bruiser versus the, you know, he's almost more like a... It's weird to call him a rogue, mm-hmm. but if we're going to use D&D parlance, like the others are barbarians or fighters, and he's kind of a rogue set up. Well, well, subclassed into barbarians so you can get the rage aspect. <laughs> well, yes, they're all warlocks, but... <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. And just a lot more high-flying action. He jumps a lot. Yeah. Well, In a way also... that almost reminds me of, like, Daredevil. Almost. He, it, it, part of it is how much skinnier he is. Because, I mean, Johnny is not a super buff one, but we've just read 20 issues of Danny Ketch, where he's already a big guy, and then at least in his mm-hmm. Noble Kale Ghost Rider form, and then he's got all of that heavy-duty biker leather. Robbie's... I mean, he has got definite, like, references to Johnny. He's got that same white square thing going on on his front chest, but he um, he looks much more like a racer, like a... a, a, a what you would see a professional car racer wearing as opposed mm-hmm. to, well, if I crash this motorcycle, I want as much leather between me and the ground as possible. 
which having crashed a motorcycle is very helpful. <laughs> is it Johnny who hunts him down? Is that the one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love Danny doesn't scene. have a whole lot to do during this period. He's in his drunk phase. <laughs> yeah, that's most of his face. <laughs> but I love Johnny's at the bar, just relaxing, and he sees news, and he gets up, he's like, well, guess I gotta go. <laughs> he gets on his motorcycle. Hey, at out. least he doesn't kidnap him and duct tape him to a chair like he did with Danny. Like he No, was... but he also went out, he went in guns blazing this time and tried to kick the shit out of him as soon as he found him. He, he went for he skipped. He did find him just running a guy off the road and looting his <laughs> and corpse. looting his corpse. Yes, <laughs> I, we've already done the D and D references, but that's a very D and D moment of like, well, <laughs> might as well. He's already he's already here. I, I guess that's true. And he, he he also he didn't really give him a whole lot of help. He's like, this is kind of how it works. And then he heads out. It's not like Johnny has a stable income coming in at this point. True, but you are dealing with somebody who has the potential to murder tons of people. You should probably sit there for more than five minutes and explain stuff. Yeah, but last time he did, he found out it was his long-lost brother and had to have a cyborg face for a while. Like, hanging out with the other Ghost Riders doesn't go well for Johnny most of the time. And doing anything with Ghost Riders usually doesn't end well for anybody. <laughs> yeah, this is the only Ghost Rider that could be a team member. Yeah. Because he was. And I think that's, in, well, I mean, is. Uh, but I think that's actually really interesting because the original Ghost Rider, his writers described him as the ultimate loner. And Robbie, pretty much as soon as he got the chance, was like, yeah, I'm gonna go hang out with Captain America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, also, but that sounds really cool. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it it probably is because from his inception, he was taking care of his his kid brother, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, he's he's been a team player from the start. If anyone was going to be the host of an evil satanic murderer, I would choose him because he has enough. He won't thank you for that. No, but he has enough background in like civility and humility. To be to control that. If I just gave it, I don't even think Johnny could handle that. <laughs> well, we've seen what happens when Johnny does it. Nothing good. No, but in general, he's like, if anyone had to be the host. No, I get what you're saying. It, it, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and his background's more compelling for it as well. Instead of like, I found a motorcycle. My sister died, and now I'm. Yes, yeah. he does have. In a lot of ways, the most full life before he becomes the Ghost Rider, because Johnny was a circus stuntman, motorcycle stuntman, and like that's and cool. Sister kisser, yeah, and sister kisser, and then Satan, and then Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I do love where he's like, "You didn't make a deal with Satan? That's dumb. Who would do that?" He's you like, see Johnny being like, "Oh, he's like, my whole family. <laughs> Literally everyone I, I know, guy. Like, I have Satan's number on quick dial, so." Although, uh, it is later implied in the Jason Aaron run, I didn't bring this up because it's just a throwaway line, but when he's talking to drunk Odin, he's like, I didn't, I'm like, I'm not like the other ghostwriters, I didn't make a deal. And Odin's response is, you made some kind of deal, boy, you just don't necessarily remember it, because that's how you become a writer. And later on, he hears the name Mephisto, and he's like, why does that sound familiar to me? Uh Uh-oh. So it's because the uncle he, made a deal. Maybe, <laughs> but hot. also Eli's gone at this point. Maybe since they refused, it's possible that Eli made a deal. It's possible that he made a deal because Eli's. A it demon. just doesn't remember it, and Mephisto stuck Eli in there, maybe. which could explain how Eli was pulled out because Mephisto just being like yoink, um, <laughs> you're done. It could be that he just really wanted to make a Ghost Rider because he hadn't in like 20 minutes, but thought that maybe it'd be a good idea to not directly have him know who he is because that's never worked out well. What if I make a Ghost Rider just a little bit differently this time? This will go great. I def- nope. Okay. <laughs> I definitely didn't get the feeling, especially in the first few issues, that he was an actual ghostwriter. It was just that he was similar enough that it didn't matter. He could just choose to be. The the ghostwriter, the Robbie that existed in the original Felipe Smith stories versus the ghostwriter Robbie that exists in the Jason Aaron Avengers run are extremely different characters for being the same person. 
And I'm not even necessarily mad about it because there wasn't enough there to like, you're changing years of canon, but... With uh, with his stuff in... With his appearances in Avengers, do we get any more... Any more at all about like his like super demon out form? I don't think so. Now, I have... Which is dope, by the way. It is really cool. I haven't read a ton of that Avengers book. I have read... I think I'm going to start. Maybe about a quarter of it, all told, because I've read about 15 to 20 issues, and there are 50 issues on the Marvel Unlimited app. It's gone on. Mm-hmm. There was a big Heroes Reborn event that went at the same time, and there's now a second Avengers book that's their parallel book, Avengers Forever, which is the one that he's headlining. Yeah, I, I think I've mentioned this before. This run is pretty controversial, apparently. Like, a lot of Avengers fans are split on it. But I've really liked it so far. It does a lot of things I think Avengers books should do. It only has, like, seven members. Seven is about the ideal team size for comic books. Uh, it does rotate cast members, but, I mean, it gives each cast member time before they rotate them out, which there were periods where they're like, and now Daredevil's an Avenger, but he's literally not going to have anything to do in this book. Mm. Robbie had an, uh, a storyline. She-Hulk has her own storylines. I don't think Captain Marvel's had a lot to do yet, but, you know, she's still... Captain Marvel. Well, she's a dominant part of the book. I just don't think there's been, like, this is Captain Marvel's issue mm-hmm. in the And that's race. also still... It's... Mm-hmm. Might still be upcoming. Yeah. She's still on the team. It did recently change. She-Hulk left. Black Panther left. Robbie's disappeared into the multiverse. And Nighthawk, the Phoenix, Namor, and uh, Starbrand all just recently joined. Okay. Making it a terrifyingly powerful team. I did keep thinking, they keep being, at the beginning of this book, they're like, this is the most powerful Avengers team in years. And I'm like, it's strong, but it's not the strongest because previous books had like 35 Avengers in it, (laughs) including Hyperion, who is just Superman. But in the Marvel Universe. This is not the most powerful team. Don't get me wrong. It's a powerhouse of a team. But uh, I'm like, all right. Well, several of our members are leaving. Let's just make it so much more powerful. Having both Starbrand and a Phoenix is terrifying. Just speaking of the power thing, I I loved the little bit with Amadeus Cho being able to calculate the horsepower. (laughs) The Hell Charger was putting out just by trying to hold it in place. <laughs> 6,000? No, 50,000? <laughs> You've probably never heard or seen Amadeus Joe before this. I happened. didn't know the original Hulk was dead before he mentioned, may God, like, bless his soul. Like, I, was like, I had that thought <laughs> while I was reading this. Amadeus Cho was created as this... He originally went by the name Mastermind Excello, and they dropped that immediately. Good. Um... <laughs> pretty bad he's this korean american kid who is uh, i believe the third smartest person on earth or something like Nine, that. ninth ninth so what's your face used to be eighth one? yeah moon girl or something <laughs> moon girl which he was not happy about because she's about 10 um <laughs> <Well>, perfect <laughs> who in his original appearance just had a uh, he was a super brilliant kid with a coyote puppy that hung out with him all the time in a moped and then they dropped the Coyote Puppy storyline, which bummed me out. And he teamed up with the amazing Hercules for a while. Hmm. And then oh. became the Prince of Power when Hercules died. He briefly got some of Hercules's like strength. And then after Herc came back to life, he turned himself into a Hulk. Because you can. Uh, he found a way to like get it out of Bruce Banner's body, but it had to go somewhere, so it went to him. Why are you taking out of Bruce Banner's body? Because Bruce has not handled the Hulk well. He's also dead. Well, he wasn't yet. Is that why he died? Uh, there was a storyline that there was an Inhuman that could predict the future, and he one of the things he predicted was the Hulk was going to come back to life and murder a bunch of people. Sounds about right. And when it looked like Bruce was starting to transform, Hawkeye shot him in the head. It was afterwards revealed that Bruce had made a deal with Hawkeye mm-hmm. to, if I start to transform back into Hulk, you take 
care of this. You put me down. But Hulk does show up later when he does come back after this as the Immortal Hulk, which is the best Hulk story of the last ever. Immortal Um, Hulk is so cool. I don't even like horror books, and it's incredible. Immortal Hulk is so good. That sounds really good. We looked into doing an episode on it because it kind of works in this era, but I didn't necessarily want to make you read a 50-book run or 50-issue run. Um, we'll talk it. after the episode. <laughs> uh, but actually, I really liked in that one, Immortal Hulk comes up to Hawkeye in his Hulk form, and he's you know, Hawkeye's like, Bruce told me to. And Hulk's response was like, so this mentally ill person with a death wish came up and told you to kill him, and, and you thought the acceptable it. answer was to agree? And I'm like, this is the most reasonable Hulk's ever been. It does end with him threatening to kill Hawkeye one day, but like... That's fair. On the scale of things... Like, I get it. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna die anyways. Might as well be Hulk doing it. (laughs) Make it quick. Yeah. One punch, you're done. I mean, that's probably the best thing Hawkeye's done in his career. (laughs) I have... I have no love for Hawkeye. I know. Um, No one does. I'm not the biggest Hawkeye fan. I actually do like Hawkeye, but especially thanks to the Avengers movies where he mostly just stands there. There's nothing that interesting about him. And then cries about his missing wife and kids. God, I am not interested in his family in the MCU. That was the worst scene of the movie. All I care about is hot guy. <laughs> uh, like, if you have, I mean, it's if you haven't seen the TV show, it is pretty good. He the has a TV show. Yeah, Hawkeye was a series that came out around Christmas. Disney Plus. The Plus. It's like six to ten episodes long. The first few episodes are pretty rough, but by episode three, it figures out its thing. It will also introduce Kate Bishop, who you have met from the Young Avengers run. Mm. That Hawkeye. Mm. Kate's way better than Clint. <laughs> Yeah. I do like the two of them together, though. Yeah. Like, I think they actually balance each other pretty well. Because they're both hot messes, but in completely different directions. So do we have anything else to say about Robbie? Because we've managed to talk about just about everything else, but I understand why. I like that they handled darker material in, a, like, a tasteful way. It wasn't just, like... It's a lot less sensationalist than the Danny Ketch stuff yes. was. Uh, it also... I think the artists for the first few issues that that crazier more vibrant art lent itself to showing more violence because it, it you could detach like oh like whatever then the more cartoony you are the easier it is to cut someone's head off and not or shoot them point blank in the back of the head yeah <laughs> <laughs> we saw that happen too no, a lot of stuff went down in that uh, book and then in the more the later issues like when you see the animals eating people there's like it doesn't show as much but like since it's realistic it hits harder mm-hmm. and it was kind of cool to see the dichotomy of like cartoony not cartoony <laughs> quick side note the purple monster thing that steals people's powers that i don't think is ever actually explained where it is that like a, a comes cousin from? of a venom symbiote or something kind of looked like one yeah. but um when he gets the Phil Coulson head at one point, yeah. I didn't like that. No, I no. didn't either. I was not down for the giant purple rat monster with a Phil Coulson's head. And then vomits <laughs> out Hulk. I did love that bit where they're just like, oh, don't have real powers, huh? Look who has impeccable shooting. <laughs> That's so awesome. It's so good. That, that, that monster was like actually gross, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. I've seen some weird stuff from the stuff we've read. That has has to take the cake. (laughs) As I said, I think the most uncomfortable I have ever been is where Gabe is trapped alone on the floor, scared and crying, because it it is the most human moment of just... I've had to deal with stuff like that with previous clients. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's probably why it didn't hit me as hard. The, the scene that I thought you were originally talking about that bothered me a lot was when Eli kept being like, hey, we should like go. And then... Yeah, we kind of glossed over this in the, in the storytelling, the but Gabe is convinced by Eli to become a superhero. And part of the process is he dresses up like... Um, Ninja Wolf. Ninja Wolf, who is his favorite mm-hmm. superhero comic, and jumps off a building. And we keep thinking Gabe's going to be dead, and we just... It escaped me really bad flashbacks to that movie 
what was the movie called? Where literally the last one of the last scenes in the movie is the guy, he's unwell, and he thinks he's a superhero and can fly, and he jumps off the top of a building and kills himself. Ooh. I had a story that I wrote in creative writing class in college about that, and I thought it was real deep when I wrote it, but I was also 20. So <laughs> The alternate ending of Mazes and Monsters? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Tom Hanks is driven mad by D&D. Ooh. Made for TV. Maybe we should do that for general murder someday. Um, but anyways, so next week we are going to wrap up the basics of our Ghost Rider stuff by the other Ghost Riders episode. We will be covering uh, Vengeance, Kushala, the Spirit of Vengeance, who is the first Cosmic Ghost Rider from the early 90s, as well as the Cosmic Ghost Rider and the Ghost Rider of 1 million BC. We will be reading for that the Ghost Racers which is a mini-series from the Secret War crossover, mm-hmm. uh, the Battle Worlds event, and we will be reading the uh, Marvel Infinite, so just the app comic of Kushala, which is written by Taboo of the Black Eyed Peas. I'm really looking forward to that. And rereading Ghost Racers, because it is just fun and kind of stupid. I didn't read it when it came out, because mm-hmm. there was a bunch of those Battle Worlds miniseries, but it was one of the ones that I was like, yeah, I need to keep an eye on that one. Yeah. It's Death Race 2000 with, with Ghost, Ghost Riders. Riders. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm super in. Um, going into that, though, just because we we've just been talking about Robbie, it, is, it does treat his... It's another one that treats his spirit as being something completely different than the other spirits of vengeance. Because mm-hmm. it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we still don't know exactly why. I'm, that is starting to bug me more and more, and I just I can't wait for Aaron to drop a bomb on us. Even with Aaron's stuff I don't like, it tends to be well-written, so I trust him to do interesting things. And the All-Rider is pretty interesting when, obviously, Odin, the All-Father, has already been involved with the Ghost Riders much more than we ever knew. Mm-hmm. Could be an interesting time to be a Ghost Rider fan coming up. That's all the time we have set aside for our lesson today. For those of you staying on the island, the bi-monthly game of Gin Rummy starts soon. For everyone else, we hope your cruise back to the wild world of nerdery is swift and safe and super fun. Bon voyage. Thank you for listening to this episode of New Byland. If you like the show, please hit subscribe. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, that would also be super helpful. As always, we are part of the Earworm Podcast Network and would greatly appreciate it if you could go check out all of our sister shows over at earworm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M dot com. A big special thanks to Ian Ford for our theme song and music. We'll catch you next time.